Welcome to another episode of Square State Sandlot. I am your host, Bill Montoya. Joining me again is Raph from the hotel room again. <laughs> Guy basically <laughs> lives there now, but... This is my last week in Wyoming, unfortunately. I'm, I'm sure you'll be saying fortunately here as soon as the weather turns, but... Um, go ahead. I oh, guess, me? Yeah, I guess Montana's not much warmer. <laughs> Oh, well, as as far as like warmth goes, but here in Casper, I was talking to uh, the guy I'm working with, and apparently, like Casper gets really windy. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think like, I guess kind of, does, but uh, yeah, you know, like it where I am in where I'm in Billings, like it's there, there's a little bit of gusts, but I don't. We don't have anything near what I hear that Wyoming gets. So yeah, yeah, it's basically wind force or gale force winds. Not yeah, they, they were talking. They, they were talking about like tropical storm winds and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. That's fun. Um, all right. Well, speaking of Wyoming, we do have a little bit to get into from the previous weekend. Uh, Wyoming knocked off number 24, Fresno State, in Laramie, 24-19. to So that was one hell of a game. Uh, probably the best showing that I've seen from the Wyoming offense while Bull's been there outside of, I mean, we've had a couple <laughs> games where they've had some, you know, just back-to-back impressive runs. But this was a complete offensive showing. You had Peasley throwing the ball to... Um, Basically everyone. I mean, he was hitting tight ends. I think at one point he was like 16 for 18 uh, in the first half. Uh, he actually got offensive player of the year or of the week in the Mountain West Conference. So hopefully a year we'll, we'll keep working <laughs> on that. But uh, uh, it was it was great to see. And I guess the one downside of that performance was um, at the end of the game, they tried to close it out with a Whaley run. And he ended up coming up limp, limping, uh, went to the sideline. They they have said that he's day to day, but I, at this point, I don't know if it, if we're going to be seeing him in the Air Force game, which definitely going to need him if they want any chance to win that game. So uh, that's obviously coming up this this upcoming weekend. Air Force five and zero on unbeaten, so they're at the top of the conference yeah. currently. Wyoming's sitting in second place. Um, so this is a huge game and they are playing at the Air Force Academy. So that's obviously a, a benefit for Air Force, but really just hoping to, to, to have a good game. Um, if, if you've seen Air Force before, they, they run their triple option and there's a lot of just nonstop running when they do pass, it catches everyone by surprise because they run first second third and i mean they go for it quite often on fourth down because they feel like if they run the ball every time they're going to get three yards and then on that fourth down they only need to get a yard so it's a a very unique offense that they'll be defending this upcoming week Um, and they didn't mention that they will get marsh back on the defensive end Um, so that'll be helpful I think mostly they came away healthy from that game against fresno state other than potentially whaley so really hopeful that he's there because like I said, I think they're going to need him. And I think as long as he can stay healthy throughout the rest of the season, they'll have a great chance to uh, win the Mountain West conference. 
Um, in that game, Air Force is favored by 10.5 points. So it's definitely going to be an uphill <clears throat> struggle for Wyoming. And if they can get ahead, that's a fantastic place to be against Air Force because you don't want to be playing behind when they can basically burn out the entire clock, especially with these new rules where the clock just keeps rolling uh, until I think it's two minutes left in the in the half. So, um, And then it goes back to the old, if you get a first down, the clock stops. But up until that point, clock's just basically running anytime there's a running play. So there's a, a lot of things to consider there, even if the players go out of bounds. I mean, they're going to start the clock. It's going to just keep rolling. So you, you got to get ahead in this game, and I think Wyoming can do it. They just, they're going to have to do it, and they're going to have to play them very tough on defense because, like I said, Air Force is a well-oiled machine sitting at the top of the conference. So did you happen to watch the uh, Fresno State game? I know you were driving back on Friday, but. Uh, no, I didn't see too much of it. I was just, right now, I was just trying to look up Air Force to see who they've played. Okay, yeah, that's what I looked at first. Like, uh, like Robert Morris, no idea who that is. Well, Sam, Sam Houston. Houston. Utah State. They used to be. Yeah. They're okay. But, yeah, I mean, they haven't really played anyone that's had a good season thus far. San Diego State is probably the best team they've played so far, other than maybe Utah State. Um, San Diego State is, but they're also having a bad year. I think they're only two and four or something like that, so. Definitely an off year for them. I think they won their first two, and then they've lost four cents. So um, it's it's tough to gauge. I mean, I think a lot of people have Wyoming ranked higher, especially in like the coaches' polls and things like that because of the level of competition that they've played. They played Texas Tech and beat them, and then they played Texas, and they were tied 10-10 to going into the fourth quarter with Wyoming's backup quarterback. So we've already talked about that. I think – Wyoming has the potential to to beat this team for sure. I think it's just going to be a matter of if Whaley's healthy or not. If he can't go, what do those backup running backs do? Because uh, as we've already discussed on here, Bowl did run off DQ James, their number two running back coming into the season. Uh, he entered the transfer portal. He's no longer with the team. So it's going to be third and fourth string if, uh, if Whaley's not able to go. So lot of lot of uh potential going down the drain if he's not able to to suit up so we'll see what goes on with that especially as it gets closer to saturday but that's probably the premier group of five game this upcoming weekend and it is at 5 p.m mountain time on saturday i can't remember which network it's on but it is on one of the major networks so everyone that wants to watch should be able to watch that game and i will I will be planted in front of that TV at 5 p.m. So <laughs> let's go. Yeah. yeah, I was I, I figured out why I was looking at San Jose State. It's I have a friend who's a Boise State fan and they just played last week or like this past weekend. So that that's why San Jose State stuck out to me. That's why I thought Wyoming had played them. But those not actually a state. Yeah. Fresno. Yeah. State Fresno State. State's not a state. Boise, Boise State's not a state. <laughs> I I did see that. Like uh, Fresno. Like some Wyoming fans. Like yep. Fresno's, Fresno's not, not a state. state. <laughs> Correct. Oh, 
So like moving on to other news in college football, which this one was just kind of, I, I wanted to make up an award to honor our lovely coach <laughs> in Las Vegas. So uh, Mario Cristobal of Miami. Uh, I don't, I'm sure most people have already seen this by now, but he could have kneeled to end the game and, and ended up winning. But instead he decided to hand the ball off on third down and his running back fumbled. George Tech recovered and basically drove the length of the field in about 30 seconds and scored a walk-off touchdown to to win that game, uh, even though, like I said, all Miami had to do was kneel on it, and they would have probably moved up in the rankings even more. They, I think they were at 14 last I saw, uh, so they probably would even maybe moved up into the top 10, but instead they have this epic collapse, which funny thing is it's not the first time this has happened to Mario Cristobal. He did the same thing in Oregon back in like 2018 as well. So apparently this guy just has terrible clock management skills, which brings up the first (laughs) inaugural for this podcast, uh, Josh McDaniels award of the week. And that is going to go to the coach that makes the most questionable decision. And I mean, we'll we'll talk more about Josh McDaniels earning his own portion of that. So he is... (laughs) He is the co-recipient of this award, but Mario Cristobal definitely deserved a shout out for the, his his part in this. So, anything else you had um, with college football before we move on to the NFL? Uh, no, no, that, that, that's it for me. All right, so we'll get into uh, Week Five in the NFL. That was um, any of the major games that we had highlighted. Uh, as we did last week, we, we definitely won't go into every single game in, in major depth, but any of the close ones or any of the, you know, super meaningful ones to us, we'll go into, and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So starting with the Thursday night football game, we were actually recording the previous episode while, while that game was going on, so we already kind of talked about it. Uh, Bears ended up winning that one 40-20, which was very surprising to me uh, just because of how good the commanders looked against the Eagles the previous week. But these Thursday night football games, I feel like are almost a crapshoot just because obviously you're working off short week. Any of the guys that got banged up don't have as much time to uh, get healthy and and do any of that stuff. Game plans aren't going to be as uh, in-depth as they normally would on on a normal length week. So I don't know if all of those factors combined, or if the Bears are maybe just hitting their stride. I mean, they looked really good in that game against Denver, and then obviously offense looked really good in this game as well. Defense was able to hold on. In fact, they increased the lead when we were recording from (laughs) 10 points to 20. So pretty convincing win for the Bears. I still think they're going to be right at the top of the draft no matter what happens, even if they start to play better because of how bad the Panthers are playing, and they currently hold the Panthers' first-round pick for this upcoming draft. So uh, Panthers are sitting at 0-5. Bears are in, in a good spot, even if they start to win, maybe to still get that number one draft pick overall, and then maybe we can stop talking about Justin Fields getting moved. I don't know. Still would love to see him on the on the Falcons, but... So moving on from that game, we had the Jaguars and Bills over across the pond. Uh, They played in London, and it looked like Jacksonville has been there for two weeks, and it looked like the Bills showed up on a Friday. Oh, wait, that's actually what happened. 
<laughs> I don't know who who designed that plan for the Bills, but yeah, they showed up on Friday and played on Sunday. So that was uh I I would say poor planning. Um do have to shout out our buddy John. He actually just had his uh wedding ceremony over the weekend and he and his lovely wife Sean, they uh were actually in attendance at this game, which I didn't see until today that they went to that game, but that's pretty cool. Uh, obviously, they were wearing their Josh Allen stuff, but unfortunately, Josh Allen and the Bills took until about midway through the, the fourth quarter before they woke up and uh, just fell short in their comeback attempt. What do you take from this one? Because I feel like last week, everyone was back on the Bills wagon saying that they're the best team in the league. Um, and I think everyone had kind of jumped off or at least cooled on the Jaguars because they haven't been consistent in any of the games that they played this year so what's your thoughts on this one what should we take um well i mean that that's been my gripe with all my pickums and everything is nobody's been consistent yes like um i was feeling real good until uh this past week then it got a little ugly but like this last week I did terrible. Yeah. Well, I think we all did. I mean, I know there's not a ton of us in there, but. Yeah. But like, I mean, I mean, I mean, like two different ones and. Which will bring me back to something else I said is like, I'm not going to do it anymore because, <laughs> you know, I, I picked the Packers and the Ravens. Like. Like. If I wasn't playing, I would have picked the Raiders because, you know, you're my friend. The 49ers Raiders thing doesn't exist anymore. So, like, I just want to pick teams I like. And I wanted Jimmy to do good. So I would have picked the Raiders if I wasn't trying to win a pick And, like, I would have picked the Steelers because Kyle and my little brother are both Steelers fans. But then I was trying to be smart and stuff and like we'll, everything's we'll all over the place Ravens Steelers game because that one was puzzling to me as well but how I guess how do you feel about the Jaguars going forward and same thing with the Bills um the the Bills they're they're still going to be a force to be reckoned with like and the Jaguars everybody expects them to play well they they just haven't really shown a lot of it lately, but they they showed up here, so. Um, I mean, the close game is. I expected a close game. I, I thought the Bills would still come out on top, but. It it, it could have been the traveling thing, but. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I think that's what I'm taking away from it. Is just. I don't. I don't know. I just, I feel like the Bills were the better team, especially if you watch that fourth quarter. I mean, they had they tackled a little better, and I, obviously they did lose Matt Milano, which he may be out for season, so that's going to be a tough hit to the defense. They also lost to Quan Jones, uh, their defensive tackle. That's another one that could be a um, a big hit just because of how long he's potentially going to be out. He could also be out for the season. I think that defensive line has enough depth 
to overcome his loss. But Matt Milano, that that one really concerns me just because of he's you know a top tier middle linebacker in the entire league, and what what you're going to be able to run out there to replace him with is probably not going to be what you have on the depth of the defensive line. So um, that concerns me a little bit. But I do think, yeah, I think the offense is going to keep them in every single game. Uh, and I really think the travel was probably the issue here. Uh, Jaguars, I don't know how to how to take them. I really think they're going to be in it at the end just because we've talked about their division not being super strong, but Texans are better than we expected. Titans, who knows what they are. I mean, I feel like they'll be in every single game <laughs> just because of who they're coached by. Um, and the offense is starting to wake up a little bit. And then you have the Colts that have been a major surprise to me. Well, there we go again. It's like what I got to start paying attention to now, especially with week five, is injuries. Like yep. uh, Richardson is going to be out. Yep, he's going to miss four to six weeks, they said, with an AC yeah. joint, which and, we were talking about with my uncle. My uncle's a huge Colts fan, and he was excited about by what he's seen and the potential of Anthony Richardson. But can he maintain it? And I, I don't think he can because he's going to get hurt when he plays that style of, you know, constantly running. And that's what you see with like Lamar Jackson and and those guys that as they start to get a little bit older, you know, got to slow or got to quit running so much and taking those hits. Lamar's an absolute alien when it comes to (laughs) avoiding contact because he can run down the field and, you know, you think he's going to get lit up and he last second turns and avoids a lot of the contact. I think Richardson's probably going to have to learn how to do some of that because if he continues to, you know, put his body on the line every single play, he's not going to last long in this league. It's a little bit different than college. So, um, but back to the Jaguars, I don't know what to, to think of them. Like at the beginning of the season, I think I picked them to have the best record in the NFL uh, just because I thought their division was going to be so weak that they were going to pick up six easy wins from the division and and really run away with it but i don't think that's going to be the case so i think they'll be in it at the end and i think they'll be the the single um participant from that division uh, in the playoffs but i don't think they're as good as they probably should be especially with the new ridley to lawrence or sorry lawrence to ridley connection but we'll see how it how they continue to progress so next game this one was absolutely made me smile. Um, Texans and the Falcons. Texans led most of this game. Falcons came back right at the end and kicked the field goal to walk it off. Uh, Desmond Ritter had probably his best game at quarterback for the Falcons, uh, which, I mean, he didn't light the world on fire, but he didn't make a ton of mistakes. I think he had two, two passing touchdowns, or maybe it was one running, one passing Um he looked good. I mean, he really did. They, in fact, just traded for Van Jefferson today from uh, the Rams. So getting some offensive weapons help, which I still feel like I don't know that that's necessarily what they need. Uh, but, I mean, can never hurt to put more weapons around your your quarterback that you're trying to build around. And Arthur Smith has gone as far as saying he's the quarterback. Um, but I don't know, you know. If it comes down to Arthur Smith keeping his job or not, who knows if he'll stick with him. But 
for now. I mean, Falcons we've seen ball. plenty of times where, like, oh, yeah, he's our quarterback or he's our receiver, and then they're traded a week later. So yeah. That's that fair. means well, and absolutely nothing. But. Anytime the uh, owner gives the dreaded vote of confidence, it's usually within a couple weeks that the, the coach <laughs> is gone. So um, could be that, but I don't know. I, I think this upcoming trade deadline, it, I think it's what, in three weeks now? Two weeks now? It's a, I can't remember I, if it's the start of week I, eight. I can't or remember either. Look it up real quick. Oh, you can't. Okay. I'll look at it. I, I can't. I got my laptop up. Okay. Okay. Um, the, the hotel let me connect. <laughs> so, so I'll move on to the next one. But really, I think Falcons, they're October playing. October 31st. October 31st. So that is, yeah, three weeks from today, essentially. Yes, two weeks or three weeks from today. And I think it's at 2 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Eastern. So all trades would have to be in by then. Um, but I really think it's going to be a very um, active trade deadline, which you don't typically see in the NFL. But it, I think every year it's starting to get a little more active. Not quite what you see in baseball. But uh, I think a lot of the teams are going to start looking towards what's coming up in this upcoming draft with the quarterback class. Uh, you've got Drake May. You've got uh, Caleb Williams. Those two are probably consensus top two. But you have... Uh, What's that kid's name from Texas? Ewers, I think is the last name. Uh, he looks like he could be a NFL quarterback. You've got, I mean, I think there's probably five quarterbacks that are can't miss prospects in this upcoming draft. So they've got the NFL talent evaluators, you know, drooling over them, and, and there's <laughs> going to be some teams making some moves to <laughs> – get closer to where they want to be at the top of that draft. And like I said, Panthers, which I'll go into that game just a tiny bit. They got waxed by the the Lions. They they did play a little more competitive than I thought they would. Uh, Bryce Young, I think he had his first decent game. Uh, he, but he was 247 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I was going to say, I saw he had a – a three piece on the, on the good side. I didn't see he had two interceptions, but I think one of those came late when the Lions pulled ahead. Oh, like maybe garbage time or something. Yeah. I think it was trying to, when, when Lions knew that they had to pass and all that, and they were just playing back. So, um, yeah, he had a, a a good game. Obviously the Lions seemed to be the team to be in their conference or in their division. And the Panthers are struggling on both sides of the ball. Uh, I've heard some rumors that, Panthers are looking to move on from Brian Burns, their star pass rusher. Um, He's wanted a new contract. They haven't been willing to give him a new contract. And as I already alluded to earlier, the Bears have their number one overall pick, or sorry, their first round pick for this upcoming season. So if they can move on from Burns, obviously they're not just one player away. (laughs) So (laughs) if they can get some capital back and get back in that first round for Brian Burns, Obviously, whichever team acquires him would have to be willing to give him a contract. So that's the other part of that um, trade if it were to happen. There has been some rumblings linking uh, the Panthers to Hunter Renfro. And obviously the Raiders need a pass rusher now that Chandler Jones has done what he's done. Uh, 
I don't yeah, know if the Raiders would be willing to do that because they're probably going to have to give up draft capital. And Hunter Renfro right now, I think he literally has two catches on about five targets all season, which just blows my mind because you saw what Josh McDaniels was able to do with, you, you know, your Wes Welkers and your Danny Amendola's and all that type that Hunter Renfro well, easily fits within. Like I, I had some incentive to watch the the Raiders game because I had Adams, but I was going against Jacoby Myers, and all Jimmy was doing was throwing over the middle to Myers. So, well, that seems to be his only option. I don't know. It's very confusing to me. Like they made a point to get um, Mayer, our new tight end, second round pick. The ball I, like twice. I, I'd right seen one play. He he stretched for it. I feel like he should have got it, but he missed. He dropped it. Yeah, but anyway, they like made a point to target him because he hadn't been targeted at all. They got one to Renfro, and then obviously they tried to get um, they tried to get Adams the ball as much as they could. But yeah, it seems like he looks at Jacoby and is just like, "Yep, he's down there somewhere. Check it." <laughs> hasn't been working out too well, but we'll, we'll get into the Raiders game a little bit more. Um, I didn't pay too much attention to the Titans-Colts game just because I feel like AFC South is not great. Obviously, we've talked about it ad nauseum almost. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised the Colts won with as early as they lost uh, Richardson. But Yeah, same. But like we've talked about, Minshew's a great backup to have in your back pocket. But now that they're going to ask him to start four to six times, depending on how long uh, Richardson's recovery is, you're going to start to see why he's not a starter in this league, I think. Uh, Although they did reward Jonathan Taylor, uh, gave him a new three-year deal. I think it's guaranteed $28 or so. So it comes out to about $8.3 or so per season that's guaranteed. So that's a big win for the running back market. Not that it's, you know, setting a new market or anything like that. But for Jacobs, if he, I think if he could get $8 million a year guaranteed, he'd take it because right now he's bearing the franchise tag in the eye or uh, potentially looking at, I can't remember what the last uh, running back contract was. There was like a three-year deal for like $12 million or something like that. Was it Montgomery? Uh, let me take a gander. It, obviously not the same caliber as a, a Jonathan Taylor or uh, Josh Jacobs, but it was the highest paid contract for running back over this past offseason. So it wasn't great. Uh, so this is obviously an improvement for, for Jacobs and potentially uh, Saquon Barkley to look forward to, although Saquon's been banged up. So anyway, Colts got the win without Richardson. Titans have been puzzling to me because it's almost like every other week they look good and then every other week they look bad. The offense has got to get going. They may be one of those teams that starts to take a look, a, a deeper look at what they have left, get rid of Tannehill, um, move on to Malik, which I don't think he's the answer either, and it will potentially bring them one of those higher picks in the upcoming draft. So uh, we won't spend too much more time on that. Uh, we'll go into the Giants and Dolphins just l- briefly. I think 
Daniel Jones has been sacked 18 times in the past two games. So that's obviously I, not a winning recipe. I, I saw something crazy. Like, I, I forgot exactly what it was, but it was it involved Daniel Jones and, like, like a whole career of sacks and then Daniel Jones' sacks. <laughs> like, something yeah. something nuts. Like, it, I think he's, he's almost, in trouble. Yeah, he's almost on pace to break uh, David Carr's record from back when he was on the expansion team, Texans, when they drafted him first overall. I think he got sacked, like, I can't remember what the number is. I want to say it was somewhere in the 60s for the season. Dude was just getting smashed on almost every play, and that's where Daniel Jones is at. I can't imagine this was their plan going in. Obviously, they have some linemen that are banged up, but he's going to get killed back there the way that they're not protecting him. And he actually went out with a neck injury that I think they said is probably just a stinger, but they're evaluating it uh, to see his status for this upcoming week. But, I mean, you saw Tyrod Taylor. He went in there, and, I mean, immediately he got hit like three or four times as well. So Giants may be that team where everyone gets right against, especially on the defensive side of the football, and it just baffles me how how much worse they are this year than last year, especially when they made, you know, the huge upgrades of adding Waller and uh, extending Dexter Lawrence and, Daniel Jones. I mean, everything was supposedly looking up for them, and it's just been a train wreck all season. Obviously, the Dolphins go to four and one. They look like they recovered well from that uh, ass whooping that the Bills gave them. So, uh, moving on. Oh, you got something? Oh, I was just Daniel Jones has been sacked twenty eight times this year already. Yeah, and it's four, no, five games in the season. Yeah, like, I don't know, something about a on pace to shatter record. Like, he averaging five and a half sacks a game. I don't know. It's. I think it's David Carr the all time record for most times being sacked in a season. And yeah, I think, like I said, I think Daniel Jones is on pace. Obviously, there's one more game uh, than what David Carr was playing, and he only had a 16 game season, but. Anyway, not a good place to be. Obviously, um, they may be picking right at the top of that draft next year, too. So, uh, <laughs> moving on, we've got the 3-2 uh, and two Saints. Well, 3-2 and two now. They beat, They just absolutely waxed the Patriots. Patriots, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Raiders face them this upcoming week. Uh, they're, I mean, they lost by 35 last week, and then this is the largest loss in uh bill belichick's history at home so back-to-back weeks worst losses ever now their offense looks atrocious mac jones has been benched halfway through the game both the last two games bailey zappy's come in and hasn't done anything i mean their offense is so poorly constructed they they haven't done anything right on that roster construction since Brady has left. I mean, it's just really gotten worse. I think losing McDaniels obviously did something for that offense when they tried to replace him with uh, Patricia. And then this this season, they got Bill O'Brien. Things haven't looked any better. Uh, They've already started to talk about potentially looking to see if Mac is the answer at quarterback, which if you're asking that question, you 
probably already know the answer to it. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. I'm I'm hoping the Raiders don't, you know, suddenly fix all the Patriots problems on offense because that's kind of what the Raiders have been the last few weeks. But I will give a shout out to the Raiders defense, which we'll get to a little bit later. They definitely I, did their job in this last game. I thought this game was going to be the Patriots fix. Like, because of like how bad the Saints have been doing. Like, as far as not scoring. Like, 18, 20 points or whatever. I thought this was a chance for the Patriots for sure. to, to find their groove. Okay, let's take a quick break. All right, welcome back to part two of our NFL Week 5 recap. Uh, had a little veterinarian accident yesterday, uh, so that's why the video kind of just abruptly ended. Had to get our dog taken care of because she uh, hurt her tail and was flinging blood everywhere throughout the house so we had quite the cleanup to do and fortunately we got her to the vet she's doing much better today but as we ended yesterday we were talking about the Patriots and Saints game that was not much of a game um, so we got into basically Steelers aren't doing anything well and we'll, we'll go more into their uh, week six matchup with the Raiders when when we talk about the Raiders and how they played um, and obviously leading into this upcoming week but we will continue with our breakdown of the week five schedule with the Ravens and the Steelers, which this game was definitely one of those tale of two halves. Um, I don't know how much you got to watch this one, but it was very puzzling to me with, with all the drops by the Ravens. Um, obviously that led to <laughs> some of the outcome, but what did you think about this game here? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I noticed because every drop I was just, laughing because <laughs> it was it was getting bad and like Aguilar yeah you know, back to his old antics and he had one that went right through his hands it would have been a touchdown for sure I think they ended up punting on that drive rather than kicking a field goal because they were too far away so it was weird because you saw how that game started Ravens go down and score almost immediately and then it's 10 nothing at the half Steelers are still just lost on offense can't do much um defense starts getting after lamar and obviously we talked about the drops i don't know how many drops there were officially in this game i know i at, I, I saw i think 10 i was gonna say i think it was seven at the half and then i think it didn't get much better after the half so yeah i think it ended up being number uh 10 overall in drops for the ravens which some of those were in the end zone like i said one of those was a what should have been a touchdown to aguilar uh, it was just very puzzling. It looks like the Ravens are quicking on offense, but for whatever reason, <laughs> in that game, 10 drops, which they had only had like five going into this game. So they effectively doubled that total um, in one game. So very puzzling. Steelers look like they're okay on, on defense. I mean, they still have that pass rush with Highsmith and uh, TJ Watt, and then they've got Minka Fitzpatrick in the – in the secondary mopping up i i just don't know i mean ravens should have run run away with this game the way the steelers have been on offense and matt canada obviously is a problem he hates and i don't know if you saw his burner account that he created on twitter he i i signed did up for see. It with his official steelers email address 
<laughs> I, I, I did see that. And then definitely throwing the team under the bus and not himself, but there's a lot of also there's a lot of things also about his reaction for when uh you know Kenny called the audible and you know game winning touchdown. Yep. He he did not look enthused. Yeah, everyone in that entire picture was celebrating except him and he was just he looked almost disgusted, but I don't know. He he seems to think that Kenny Pickett's the only problem they have on that team, and you know, that's everything else he's doing is just fine. So, a lot of things to unpack there. I hope Kyle will be on. He's on night shift right now, so he wasn't able to join us. But hopefully, in the next couple weeks, we can get Kyle on to talk more about his Steelers. But I still think the Ravens run away with this division. Like it blows me away that the Steelers are three and two at this point in the season, the way that they've played on offense. Uh, and obviously Tomlin said things are going to change. I don't know how much you can really change in the middle of the season, but we shall see what that means uh, going forward. Going into another AFC North game, um, you had the, the your Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were happy with Joe Burrow's performance in this game um, against the Cardinals. They actually look like themselves somewhat again. Um they ended up winning this game 34-20. to 20. Jamar Chase, I think he had about 20 targets in this game, went off, looked like himself from last year's. I know he was a lot happier. Uh, he had said, I'm always open, and kind of left his comments as that. So um, what did you see in this game? Um, well, I was boycotting Burrow because he was killing me on fantasy, so he was benched, so I wasn't caring, of course. He decides to be good when he's on my bench. <laughs> of course. That's how it always works. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this could have just been a get-right game playing against Cardinals. Like we've said, they've offered a lot more fight than we thought they would this season. But Bengals look pretty good on, on both sides of the football. Maybe it's a get-right game, and now you start to see them playing more towards their potential. I think getting Jamar Chase involved is obviously a key to their – successful formula uh boyd needs to get more involved as well but it's a good start and we'll see what they do in the the upcoming weeks but something to keep an eye on because although they're you know two and three and i think they've two of their losses have come in the division i mean the top of that division right now is three and two so they're only one game out at this point um obviously the steelers did the did the Bengals a favor by beating the Ravens, not letting them get out to a four and one start, but we'll see. I think that's going to be a tight division all the way to the end. Um, Browns, even though Deshaun's banged up, they've been really good on defense, kept him in all the games. So should be an interesting I mean, division. From as the, continue. Uh, from the highlights I saw, Burrow did look like he was moving around pretty good. Yep. So he definitely looked a lot better than he had in the, in the, first three weeks, four weeks. Um, definitely a lot more mobile, starting to look more like himself in the pocket. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see how that progresses. Obviously, we were talking about him potentially getting shut down for this for a couple weeks to get that calf healed up. But if he's going to play like that, I mean, watch out for them in that division is all I'm saying. Um Next game, we had the Eagles and Rams, and quite honestly, I didn't pay too much attention to this game. Um, I I don't know. I mean, 
for whatever reason, it wasn't on the TV. So I think that's pro- partially why I didn't pay too much attention to it. Um, but Eagles ended up winning 23 to 14. They still don't look like themselves on offense like they did last year. A.J. Brown's getting his, but Jalen Hurts has looked a little bit off. Um, there's been some speculation by people around the team that he's maybe a little bit dinged up in the in the shoulder and not currently 100% healthy, and that's why he hasn't looked great. Um, but he has taken quite a step back from what he did last year. Obviously, he's always going to have his legs. Uh, if, if you can bench 650 pounds and you weigh 200 that's pretty good indication that you have some good legs behind you so we'll see I I mean I don't think they're going to have much competition in that division Cowboys kind of got <laughs> shown what they really were by the 49ers so um I think the Eagles are definitely at the top of that division both on both sides of the football so I don't think they'll have a, a true challenger obviously the the Giants are down so um, yeah, I think the Eagles will probably run away with that division and maybe Jalen gets what it's towards the end like. of the season. But something to keep an eye on is just their offense is not clicking like it was last year. Um, even though they added a DeAndre Swift at running back, offensive line has looked really good still. I mean, I think they're still one of the better offensive lines in all of football. Same with the defensive line. One thing I think is a little bit troubling for them is that, that safety they lost Marcus Epps to us, the Raiders, um, from last year. So I don't know that they necessarily have their best defensive backfield that they had last year. Um, but like I said, defense isn't the problem right now. Offense seems to just be off a little bit. So we'll see if they shape up. Uh, another game that I was excited to watch, not really, but <laughs> it was the one that was on TV, and that is the Jets and Broncos. It was actually a pretty decent game. Did you – tune into this one at all uh not not particularly okay so i find myself rooting for zach wilson just because of all the crap that he's been given in the last few weeks especially with rodney harrison in that chris jones interview that they were doing on nbc um after the sunday night football game last week when they played the chiefs and rodney harrison was just continually goading Chris Jones to say something bad about Zach Wilson. We've obviously heard everything bad about Zach Wilson over his tenure as quarterback in New York, uh, but he has played his best two games in the last two. Uh, so obviously things are trending up for him. Maybe that means the Jets don't make a, or try to make a move for like a Kirk Cousins or something. Maybe they see what Zach can do over the course of the season. And from what it sounds like, Aaron Rodgers is progressing well enough that he could make a run at coming back towards the playoffs. Um, I don't know what he would be able to give them coming off of, you know, a major surgery like that and not playing for an entire season, but yeah, it's going to be a little rusty. So yeah, I mean, it's something to keep an eye on um, Broncos getting beat by uh Nathaniel Hackett, after all the comments that uh, Sean Payton said about him in the offseason, and, you know, Sean Payton alluded to them being the offseason champions or whatever. Um, offseason kings, I think, was his exact words. Um, so to see them get beat by the Jets with a backup quarterback that everyone's crapping all over and 
you know, Sean Payton can't muster up a win at home against the Jets is kind of telling where they are as a, a team this season. And in fact, I've, you know, I don't follow the Broncos because I can't stand them, but they are a division team. So I see a lot of their coverage um, just by following a lot of the Raiders beat writers and whatnot. They tend to, you know, interact with those other beat writers for the Broncos. And I've seen quite a few rumors flying around that they could entertain trades for uh, Judy and Cortland Sutton at wide receiver, amongst other players. We obviously saw last week they traded Randy Gregory. So, I mean, something to keep an eye on. It seems like the Broncos know that they're not ready to compete this season and may be throwing in the towel and uh, looking to build up that roster for, for next season. Um, they're still missing draft picks from the Russell Wilson trade, so obviously any of the players that they are willing to move on from will get them potentially back in the first round or, you know, at least in higher get some higher picks back. So something to keep an eye on, like we've alluded to earlier, I guess it was yesterday when we were recording, there's a lot of teams that are starting to evaluate what they're going to do going forward. Um, and I expect a, a uh, lot more active trade deadline this upcoming, or yeah, in a couple weeks. So, all right, moving on from that one, we had the Chiefs and the Vikings game. A um, lot of looks up into the <laughs> suites again and all that fun stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, that's not getting obnoxious or anything. But we did have the, the Chiefs, and really this game came down to the very end. Vikings had the ball with time. They were in the red zone or close to the red zone, threw a ball up at the end. Uh, Kirk Cousins got his hand hit, and uh, there was – so potentially roughing the passer because, you know, you had a hit towards the head and neck area. That didn't get called. Uh, you had a blatant pass interference call that – they picked it up because they said the ball was tipped, even though the ball was never tipped. Um, they actually hit Kirk Cousins like on the forearm, so no ball was tipped. That pass interference call shouldn't have been picked up. And then you had the cornerback remove his helmet on the field of play, which is an automatic personal foul penalty, 15 yards. And rather than throwing the penalty, you saw the referee in the end zone say, you need to put your helmet back on, and no penalty. He walks off to the sideline. So a lot of curious things going on at the end of that game. Um, I know there were some uh, happy betters that that didn't get called because I think the Chiefs were only favored by like three and a half. Oh, no. Yeah, three and a half points. So obviously if the Vikings come and score back or score a touchdown, tie the game, maybe it goes into overtime. They only win by three. And then you have a lot of pissed off uh, <laughs> betters. But anyway... Uh, Vikings got some bad news on Justin Jefferson. He actually, I don't know if he officially got put on IR, but they are going to move him to IR, which means he's going to miss the first or the next four games. Um, and you can thank me for drafting him first overall in our uh, podcast league because every time I get the first overall pick, literally every time it's happened, Christian McCaffrey twice, Justin Jefferson now, I can't remember who, dating back even, you know, 10 years ago, I've had the number one draft pick a couple more times and every single time someone gets it hurt and it without fail. So I apologize, Justin Jefferson, apologize Vikings fans. It looks like it's going to be potentially a rough season for you guys, especially coming off that uh, 11 and 0 streak of in one score games. It just keeps getting worse for you guys. 
uh, here's another one score game loss. So yeah. And that injury is, well, yeah, that injury with Jefferson, that's starting all the Kirk cousin trade rumors. Yeah. So he got, he got asked about that in a press conference earlier today and basically just said, you know, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just focused on beating the bears. Um, he does have the no trade clause. So anywhere that they try to trade him to, he does have the right to decline that trade. So a lot of times teams that want to acquire a player that has a no trade clause, they tend to sweeten the pot saying, we'll do this for you, you know, extra money, contract, whatever to, to get that trade done. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. They're another team that they don't look committed to Kirk. I mean, this is the, this is the last year of his contract. So if they can get something back for, for him and, they're not looking to bring him back. I mean, they may as well do it at this point because losing your top wide receiver, you don't really have too much more on offense. You may as well make a move now and look towards getting some draft compensation to start that rebuild. So, Yeah, because they're, they're not sealing the deal in any of the games with the best receiver in the league. Yep. So what are you going to do without him? I don't think Kirk is the problem by any means, but... Like I said, if no. he's not if he's not the solution going forward either, you may as well see what you can get. So, I'm going to turn the uh, turn the mic over to you because we are on to 49ers and Cowboys, <laughs> and you know typically we don't discuss blowouts too much, but have the floor, Raph. Um. Well, I mean, you know, we scored right out the gate, but then the rest of the first quarter was pretty slow a little worrisome there because we were trading well offensively it was worrisome because you know their defense our defense we're just trading punts and fumbles (laughs) yep so uh but then after that it was smooth sailing you know had to wear my kittle jersey because of his hat trick and I'm glad you brought that with you. (laughs) And I did actually put on my my Raiders hoodie uh, to talk about the game after this one. But how how were – I didn't pay too much attention to that game other than obviously seeing it was a blowout. Uh, That made me happy (laughs) for obvious reasons, even though I'm (laughs) clearly not a 49ers fan. But just had to, you know – have some of those Cowboys fans quieted because they've been yapping all year about beating up on garbage teams. So time they face a real team, you, you see what they actually are. But um, utilization of Christian, did that come down a little bit this week? Um, Yeah, a little bit. And, I mean, you know, the Cowboys' defense, the score doesn't show it, but they, they are pretty decent defense. So, but like I was saying, you know, you can, you can stop one of our weapons, but we got plenty more to go to. So, yeah, I mean, you you guys definitely are loaded on really both sides of the ball. Uh, Dak had a, another really rough game one one touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, they didn't get anything yeah, was going on. Three back to back to back interceptions. Three possessions in a row. Three interceptions. Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, possessions 
by team, and it's first quarter for the Cowboys, punt, punt, fumble. Second quarter, punt, touchdown, punt. Third quarter, field goal, interception, 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 punt, turnover on downs, and that's not great. Um, I was trying to look at what uh, Christian did. So he only had 19 carries, which is on par with last week, but only two catches. So, yeah, I mean, he only had 21 touches total. I think last week it was at almost 30, if I remember right. So Yeah, well, and then all the starters got taken out, like, with 11-ish minutes left in the fourth quarter. So Probably not a bad idea. No sense getting someone hurt. I did see... Uh, Kittle had the hat trick, so good on him there. Yeah, and I, I did like his shirt. I may have to find me one of those. I didn't see the shirt, but tell me about it. Oh, um, so, like, after, I don't, I don't think it was his score, but a score. So he ran to the end zone, lifted up his jersey, and the shirt underneath it just said uh, F, and then some other letters. Than Dallas. <laughs> I'm sure that made the Cowboys fans happy. Yeah, now he's probably going to get fined like 10 grand for it, for having a personal message. And he's on public his enemy stuff. number one in <laughs> Dallas now, so that's great. All right. Anything yeah, Mike, else to add? Micah on that? Parsons didn't like it. Well, I'm sure he did not. <laughs> he's like talking about how we made it personal. Yeah. <laughs> He must have been watching some Dion speeches lately, huh? <laughs> okay, so with that being said, we'll move on to a game that was a little bit closer. Um, and that was New York. My, oh, that was my Raiders taking on the Packers on Monday night, and it was uh, obviously we won seventeen to thirteen. It was, I don't know, I. I'm almost to the point where obviously I'm happy that my team has my team won, but like the way that we won and what it came down to, it almost was like, okay, yeah, it's great that we won, but can we really feel that great about it? Because you have three interceptions, which we had, we'd only had one interception all season up to this point. So getting three in a game, um, you feel like you get that kind of contribution from your defense. Plus you had Mad Max. He had a sack and then he had four tackles for loss. And I, I don't know, a hundred more pressures. (laughs) The guy's basically always in the backfield. Just Jordan Love was running for his life all night. So you get all that from your defense and you're supposed to be a top 10 offense with your handpicked quarterback you got Devontae Adams, you got Jacoby Myers, you've got Josh Jacobs, reigning uh, rushing champion. I mean, all these things going in your favor, carrying over from last year. Obviously, the only change is the quarterback. Um, and then Jacoby Myers, he's new, but he's an upgrade over uh, Matt Collins. So, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like with everything that went right on the defensive side of the football to only win by four and still not score more than 20 points. Like it's one of those glass half full. Yeah. But things need to get better. And Devonte Adams said as much in his press conference today, 
he basically said we we can't keep playing like shit and expecting good things to happen. Like, yeah, we won the game and that's great, but we need to actually have some convincing wins to show that, you know, we're doing like all the work that we're putting in during the week is actually turning into results. And, you know, he only had four targets in that game. So I know he's not happy with that, especially in a game that's meaningful to him playing his former team. So whatever's going wrong in this offense, and I don't think it's that he's not open. I mean, it, it, he's getting double covered and it almost looks like Jimmy's just like, Oh, he's got two assigned to him. So I'm going to go somewhere else. But there were several plays where, I mean, literally within a second, Devontae's wide open right off the line, waving someone like, throw me the ball, throw me the ball. And he's just wide open. No one in front of him. And Jimmy's not even looking over there because he had two guys assigned to him. So I don't know. Things need to get better on offense. They do. Um, And, Really, I don't care if – I don't want Jimmy to get Devontae killed with some of the throws he's been throwing him. But <laughs> at the same time, you got to feed the guy. Like, he's he's the thing that makes our offense go at this point. Like, Jacobs, sure, he's great, but our offensive line, as soon as he's been getting handed the ball, like, he's got three, four guys swarming him. So that's not going to be a winning um, – recipe because teams are daring Jimmy to throw the football like they're saying we're going to stack the box until you prove otherwise that you guys can throw the ball reliably and we haven't been able to do it so um we do have the Patriots this week and uh (laughs) I don't know if you saw they're scoring I think 0.87 points per drive or something like that which is I think that what was it, the 2,000 Ravens that are the best defense of all time? They were they allowed like .79 points per drive. So they're essentially making every team they face look like the Ravens, that historical Ravens team on the defensive side of the football. So uh, my brother-in-law, Gage, we've been going back and forth because he's a, he's a Patriots fan, I'm a Raiders fan. And we're just like... <laughs> Who's going to lose this game? Because, you know, everyone's saying Patriots are the worst team in the in the league or at least towards the bottom five, which they definitely have looked like, and, and that's fair. But it seems like we always play down to our competition. So I always feel like it's tough for me to say we're going to, you know, blow the doors off someone because we've scored 17 points, 18 points most so far this season. And Bill Belichick is a great off, or defensive mind. So if we can only score 17 against worse defenses, I mean, what are we going to put up against them? And then defense looked great against the Packers, but are they going to look great that are they going to look that great every week? I I have my doubts based on what we actually have running out there on defense. So, well, I mean, I don't I don't have high hopes for for Mac Jones and his scrambling abilities. So. I imagine Max is going to give him some hell. Well, that's the thing is typically, you know, the Patriots take away your best player and say, make someone else beat us. So I think they're going to do everything they can, even if it means, you know, assigning three people to Max to keep him off of Mac. And I don't know that we necessarily have anyone else really doing a great job. I mean, Koontz had nine pressures last week. So that's really good to get that from him. 
but literally everyone else on the defensive line is basically missing in action. So um, they need to add. And in fact, there's been quite a few rumors flying around saying that the Raiders are interested in uh, acquiring a defensive lineman. I know we had talked about this yesterday when we previously recorded. Uh, maybe Brian Burns lines up with that. Uh, Danielle Hunter, Daniel Hunter, I don't know how to say it. It's spelled Danielle, but <laughs> I think it's probably Daniel. Um, in Minnesota, he's leading the league again in sacks. Um, he's been great. I think he's on an expiring contract. Um, we've already talked about the Vikings probably not going anywhere. Now with that um, Chandler Jones contract off the books, I think we can probably afford to add someone of that caliber and that contract size. So I would love to see someone just get on that defensive line and actually try to help Max because right now he's just a one-man wrecking crew. And while it's worked kind of, I mean, he should be getting two, three sacks a game based on the amount of pressure he's generating. But they've got so many people assigned to him, he's got to beat two guys off the line just to even get home. So, ah, I don't know. I don't know what to expect in this game against the Patriots, but I am hoping we beat them. <laughs> I just don't have high hopes because, you know, Bill Belichick is a mastermind, although... He has been awful at uh, talent acquisition, and I think that's catching up with him now that he doesn't have Brady to kind of mask those deficiencies. And there's there's been a few rumors floating around that Robert Kraft isn't going to be too patient with him. So I don't know how true that is. I mean, I feel like he's got enough equity built up that he can probably say, okay, yeah, I want to be done now. But there's been some rumors flying around that Kraft's not going to wait to pull the plug on him if he uh, doesn't start showing some better results. So, Yeah, I guess the only thing is who's going to take his spot right now. So, Old Steve. His son. Oh, oh yeah, is that? <laughs> no, I think I it will be uh, – I can't remember the guy's name. He used to play linebacker for them, um, but he's supposedly next in line. He's, I don't know if he's the defensive coordinator or defensive assistant. I wish I knew his name. Let's look it up real quick. Um, Patriots. I think he's the defensive coordinator. Or no, is that Steve? I don't know. But, like, obviously, you know, the the other coaches on the team aren't picking up any slack for any mistakes that Belichick is doing. so. Well, yeah, but I don't know how much he really delegates because, you know, he's the uh, Gerard Mayo. That's who I'm picking up. So he's currently the linebacker coach, but there's been several teams that have been interested in interviewing him in the last couple of years, and I don't think it's just to satisfy the uh, Rooney rule. They really like what he's been doing, and he's been a fast riser in that uh, – New England program, so uh, I think he may be, but like I said, Steve Steve Belichick is probably next in line if I were to guess, so we shall see, but uh, who are you guys playing this upcoming week? Are you guys on a board? Uh, nah, the, the Browns. The Browns, so that should be a pretty one-sided game. Um, okay, let's get our pick in for Thursday night football. 
which is Chiefs and <laughs> Broncos, I believe. Oh, uh, jeez. Who should we pick? Is that in? No, it's not in Denver. So I think that's probably a <laughs> pretty safe bet. Although I do tend to stay away from these uh, Thursday night football games in like the Eliminator Challenge, because especially if they're division games, because you just never know what's going to happen. But I feel like we have a pretty good idea what's going to happen in this one. Yeah, it's the Broncos are going to have to beat the refs first before they can beat oh, the yeah. Chiefs. So I, I think as long as uh, Kelsey and Swift are dating, the the Chiefs are going to be undefeated. So we got to hope for a breakup at some point during this season or in the playoffs. You know. So yeah. let's say this. I don't know what the spread is, but let's go against the spread. Uh, ten and a half. Chiefs. Okay, ten and a half. That's that's a lot of points for a division game. You still got the Chiefs with the spread. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Well, I'm also going to go with the Chiefs against the spread. So let's do a, a tiebreaker and and put a score out there. Bet or closest margin wins. Uh, um. I'll go first. Well, well, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna say 34-17. So I got a 17 point spread there, or I guess differential. They just they haven't really been the only team they scored like over 30 against were the Bears. Well, the Bears put up. 30 plus on the Broncos, didn't they? Still lost, but. Or was it 28? I can't remember. Um. What did you say? 34 is 17? Yeah. Double the. Mark. I will. I will go less. I'll go 31. Fair enough. <laughs> so I got to hope for 17 or better, and you've got to hope for 16 or less. All right. Fair enough. Okay, so with that being said, I don't have anything else NFL-wise. Do you? Um, no. So let's go into the MLB playoffs. I don't, I'm not going to go super in-depth. I've just been noticing a, a strange trend in here with a lot of the teams that are getting, or I guess that got rest coming into this uh, division series are struggling. Um, the Dodgers, they're currently trailing 4-2 to two against Diamondbacks. If they lose this game, they will be eliminated. Uh, Atlanta, which has been probably the best team all season. Uh, they are down two games to one against Philly. So obviously that's not great for them either. Uh, Astros ended up winning that series against Minnesota. Three yeah, a little disappointed about that. But. Yeah, so we've got an all-Texas um, ALCS. We've got 
Houston and the Rangers. So hoping for the Rangers, obviously. Um, yeah, same, same here. I'm, I'm aboard that train right there. <laughs> which I, I've been very impressed with what they've done in the, in the post or the playoffs. Uh, Bruce Bochy seems to be at his best during the playoffs. Uh, he obviously led the Giants to, I think it was three World Series titles in an every other year type of thing. It was the whole evens. Uh, I didn't think he would come back to coaching, but I'm glad to see him back out there. And obviously, I, I'm not a huge Rangers fan with them being a division rival, but with some of the guys they have on that team, especially Marcus Simeon, that's who I am pulling for on the AL side. And then on the NL side, Philly, I don't know. I was really hoping for Atlanta, but if they if the Diamondbacks end up pulling this off, I think I'll be rooting for them. And I think Major League Baseball is going to want Philly in the World Series because if it's Rangers and Rangers and uh, Diamondbacks, that may be the least watched <laughs> World Series in the history of the in in the history of the World Series. But you know, I would. Well, I, I guess there are a lot of bandwagon Dodger fans, but so other than them, nobody would watch Dodgers and Astros. I think they would, especially with the whole uh, revenge thing from the 2017 season. I think there would be a lot of people pulling for the Dodgers to beat the Astros in that one, honestly. Didn't didn't the Dodgers get revenge already? Well, yeah, but I still don't know many people that are fans of the Astros after that happened, so. That's I really insane, think but nobody, nobody likes the Dodgers either. If, if the Astros get in, doesn't matter who gets in, it's going to be whoever they're playing is who everyone's going to be pulling for, I think. And I don't know if you saw the Harper game from this evening. He hit two bombs, and I don't know what yeah, was said. Apparently, someone from the Braves said something about Harper. I, I think he said boy" or something, like at one point. I don't know. Was... I don't know what the context was. So, yeah, it was pretty weird yeah. to me, that whole situation. I, I still, I've been kind of digging down the rabbit hole and still don't know what's going on in it, but... <laughs> Harper is that dude. Don't piss him off if you if you don't want him going off against your team. I do know that. So, um, I don't know. I'm excited about MLB, MLB playoffs other than the Astros advancing. So, we shall see what happens with that. Any Anything else you got your eye on? No. Um, what else did we have in the notes? <laughs> I think that I mean, was hockey that. started. Hockey did start. I've got my uh, Sharks jersey you sent me over here in the background. Although I I'm, think, uh, still, I'm still sure they're probably a season or two off from competing again. But, you know, it's fine. We're in the middle of a rebuild, which is why I haven't been tuned into hockey in the last couple seasons. Yeah, you, you guys, I think you opened up the season against the, the Vegas Knights. So... Is that the uh, defending champion, Vegas Knights? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to yeah. be good for us, but it's fine. <laughs> but you're at home, so. Well, yeah. at least the home crowd will get to see their beloved team stomped into the dirt. 
Uh, okay. Well, with that being said, we will call this one. Um, I do want to thank you all for tuning in. For those of you that did, uh, like, share, all that fun stuff. And we will catch you on the next one. I'm going to zip this up into two episodes since we got cut off <laughs> in the middle of one last <laughs> night. And then I'll get it packaged up to uh, YouTube. Have a few short clips from this one. And as always, we do appreciate you guys sharing that, giving us some feedback. And we will catch you on the next episode.